Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara alongside Michael McNamara. We have our, our standard technical difficulties here at the beginning of the show. Uh, we are for the first time fully Zooming here. So we are ready to roll and uh, we're going to do a Sayonara 2020 show. So Mike, how are you? Hey, I'm zoomed in, I guess, and I guess we're operational. So I'm feeling pretty good right now. All so, right, I just, uh, yep. I'm, technology marches on and us old guys kind of have to reluctantly keep up. You know, it's just one of those things. All right. Well, welcome to McNamara on Money, everybody. Again, my name is Justin McNamara alongside Michael McNamara. We're going to do a, a 2020 wrap up. Uh, we're calling it Sayonara 2020. That's uh, that's your your standard uh, titling structure. We don't, n- nothing simple here on our titling for our shows. So Sayonara 2020. And uh, if you have any questions, we will attempt to get them done uh, via Zoom. We think we may be able to hear you if you call in. Uh, we're live in the Merrimack Valley, 978-454-4980. If it turns out we can't do it, we can always have Cindy pass along a, a question to us. Uh, and if you feel more comfortable uh, via email, you can shoot us an email at questions at McNamaraOnMoney.com. So, Mike, I'm going to start it out with you. I'll, I'll let you start it off since this is uh, this is your outline here. And uh, we, I, I guess the, the first topic is a pretty easy one, uh, COVID-19. <laughs> How long do you think that that one's going to take. Yeah, I know. Okay. So by the way, the, I didn't give you the official name of the show. You oh, you didn't? No, no. It's called Sayonara 2020. <laughs> Adios, Arrivederci, Au revoir, Shalom, Kalispera, Goodbye, and Good Riddance. That's the oh, official, wow. official name. Is that Greek in there? <laughs> that was Greek. Just That's checking. Probably- <laughs> I asked your mother what Goodbye in Greek was and Kalispara. Or if, if I said that incorrectly. Yeah, it's, it's probably Irish, Kali, so. Kali. Probably, yeah. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> I don't okay. remember much of my Greek school. Yeah. So, folks, the the plan is here that 2020, uh, uh, we, we do a kind of a year-end show every year, but uh, 2020 has had more stuff going on, uh, and we could probably take three different shows to finish 2020 here. But the, uh, the idea here is that we're going to do kind of a big-picture uh, financial 
related look most of the time financial related look back <laughs> on 2020 yeah. uh, ju just because it was like kind of an unbelievable year and uh, for you investors out there don't shut us off we have some a whole bunch of financial things that does impact investors and investments and we'll get to a few of those as we go along here sort of a thing so it's just a you know again and don't don't turn us out if you think we're going to get too technical because that's generally not the way we do things here on McNamara and money so it's a big picture uh, in English, by the way, a kind of a financial look back at, on 2020 and what it means for us and what it means for the country. And uh, most of the stuff here is factual, although I'm sure we'll intersperse some commentary along the way or opinions. And that's just kind of how it is. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, obviously COVID-19 and the, and the pandemic is, uh, well, the, the humanity, uh, you know, event uh, uh, of 2020 that's just been just been awful 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 uh and you know you can't you can't find the words to describe the the human and financial suffering that's going on yeah. literally across the world this is like the first pandemic in modern times you know go, first global pandemic in modern times if you think about it when yeah. in your lifetime may you experience this and 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 my lifetime it's the same question i'm 72 so yeah. it's been a thankfully it's been a very long time before we had a mess like this across the globe but we do in we do indeed it's, uh, it's sort of amazing how you you know i feel like i've spent you know i spent most of my life in sort of the tv and, al and almost the cable news age right i mean obviously cable news is a lot uh a lot more popular now than when we were growing up and you know when i was young it didn't exist but i, I kind of feel like we've been uh we've been being scared about pandemics for my whole life and yeah. you sort of got into this oh well yeah i mean yeah i know there's the bird flu and the swine flu and yeah there's nothing really ever comes of these things and yeah it turns out turns out they actually do get out once in a while and and uh, this certainly has um it, it was you know be, being scared of a pandemic it turns out was was a certainly reasonable thing because they, they they can still happen even in the modern age where we have you know all kinds of medicine and all kinds of you know uh doctors and people working in a global coordinated way yeah and, and i think you know from a from a financial point of view which is where we'll do most of our commentary folks because we think we're reasonably qualified for that um you know th th this is this is the first time in in, in my lifetime i think uh that uh, the, the united states government uh ha has decided and to pretty much shut down voluntarily the U.S. economy. That, that was the, the result of, of making, making decisions to try to save human lives, sort of a thing. Yeah. So, this is the, so, so the, the shut the economy swoon. So, okay. Well, all of them have been caused uh, by stuff, mess mistakes and mess ups in previous history, but we voluntarily basically chose to go through this, although nobody knew the consequences at the time yeah. in an attempt to save human lives. And, and I, that's a, that's a noteworthy, uh, and noble uh, way to, to do it. Uh, but yep. the financial costs have been just devastating. And I'm, I'm, and I'm not even sure that what it's going to look like because they're not over yet, kind of given the circumstances. Uh, yeah. So um, the, the a couple of facts about the U.S. economy uh, in the second quarter of this year, okay, uh, the economy had an annualized minus 32.9% okay uh, number you know we we have usually uh e e e you know two or three percent numbers if we get lucky in terms of what the economy does and yeah you know if we have three quarters i think with like negative performance it's defined as an, a recession or something like that but we had the the hugest if that's a word uh you know percentage annualized drop in the economy in the second quarter like ever yeah okay, uh ever uh in this country uh and and, it, and obviously the the markets as in people panicked okay and, and bad things happened on the financial markets uh you know in the in the first three months of this year yeah uh, and, Just, and we'll get to that go ahead i can i you know i have the i have the charts up here in front of me uh i have uh so the the annualized gdp i have monthly gdp numbers up february of uh 2020 uh we were annualizing at a gdp of 22 trillion dollars per year yeah and in may of 2020 we were annualizing at 18.58 
trillion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. that, I mean, we, wow. so the GDP shrunk by three and a half trillion dollars, which is yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, you know? it sure is. You know, and, and of course, what, what always happens and we'll get to stock market silliness here a little further on in the show. Uh, but when we have bad things happen in the financial world, people sell their stocks, whether it's a good idea or not uh, out of fear uh, yep. and they buy, and they buy government bonds, whether they need them or not. Okay. And that's just kind of generally what happens uh, in the short term. Okay. Uh, when we have these market events or panics or crashes, or whatever word we want to use. And we certainly had that in, in the first quarter. So, so stocks plummeted, if I can use that word. Uh, okay. Uh, but you know, if you, if you sat you sound back, like MSNBC, there you go. Okay. <laughs> if uh, I'm being facetious when I use that word, but if you sat back, you know, at the time, even when fear was running rampant and everybody was panicked, if you sat back and said, well, geez, you know, we're slowing this down for a good reason. And if we can slow it down, we could probably do some things to get it back up and we'll probably get back to normal sometime. You know, if this yeah. event was caused by a disease, well, um, I think common sense would kind of suggest that, well, if the disease caused it, when the disease gets over, it'll be back to relative normal again. Okay. P yeah. Pardon me for trying to, and again, it's easy to look back because that's pretty much what's happened, you know, from a market point of view. But if you think about it, you know, it, you know, if, if a disease caused bad times, when the disease gets over, we're probably going to start to recover. But a lot of people didn't feel that way because they sold stocks uh, with abandon in February and March of this year as yep. a result of what's going on. Anyway, so, well, surprise, surprise, in the third quarter, three months later, I had an annualized up 33%, okay, GDP. And in the fourth quarter, it was annualized up 11. So, oh, oh you know, is it a surprise that we recovered from this, okay, to the extent that we have? Yeah. And it's not, but obviously that's that's part of the market silliness and the overreaction and the and the panic and all this stuff that we get into from, from a world's perspective. So, you know, uh, it'll probably take a while to climb out of this. We were climbing out of, it took a while to climb out of the 2007-8-9 mess financially, yeah. as we know. Okay. Yep. Uh, we, we were getting there. We weren't completely back. Forget, forget the stock market. I'm talking about the economy, folks. Okay. Uh, it, so it took eight or 10 years to gain a semblance of itself before 2007. And I, I got to guess that we're in for another eight or 10 years of slow economic recovery. Forget the markets, folks. We'll talk about the markets later. But, you know, in the short term, markets and economy aren't connected. Okay, write that down. Okay. Yep. Uh, but from a from an economy perspective, there's been some pretty significant devastation. We'll get to that very, very shortly in human lives, uh, human finances and business finances. And, and it's going to be a long way back. Okay. I, I think we're going to see another six or eight or 10 years of a slow crawl out of this hole. You got a comment on that, my son? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, and, you know, first just to jump back to the math, right. You mentioned, uh, you know, down, down 39, uh, 32.9. So down almost 33% uh, in that second quarter and then up 30 in the third quarter, you know, just to be clear on the math, if you go down 33 and then go back up 33, you're not at zero, right? We're, yep. you know, we're still in a hole uh, for the year, right? Again, the, the annualized $22 trillion number is now at about 21.56 trillion. So we're still yep. down as far as the absolute numbers, right? If you go down 33%, you actually need to go up 50% in order to get back to even that's right you know, that, that's just how the that's just how the percentage math works so we're we're not out of it yet although we're certainly uh, in a lot better shape than we were uh, obviously back in in March and April um, you know I you know just speaking to GDP um, you know I'm not sure uh, you know about the lasting effects of uh, of COVID myself I you know I don't I don't know that I have a, a guess that's uh, quite as uh, strong as yours but you know, if you look back, you know, we weren't growing all that fast anyway in, you know, the past, you know, I, I you know, really probably since the 2000s, you know, the late yeah. 90s. Agreed. GDP Agreed. hasn't been that high, right? I mean, if no. you look, you know, it's it's probably been somewhere in the in the two or three percent range for a long time now. Granted, we had some years that were better and worse, uh, but, you know, we're not growing like, you know, we're not growing like it's uh, like it's 1945 here, right? It's, yeah. it's you know, we're, yeah. we, we're a very 
large and fairly mature economy. And I don't, I don't expect us to grow it at 5% annualized anytime soon, at least based on recent history. But uh, yeah, and if that's, it could certainly be slowed down by people adjusting to our, uh, to our new world, right? Yeah, let, let me do a, a, a typical Mike analogy, then we'll move on. Okay, okay. what grows faster, a 40 pound gorilla cub or an 800 pound gorilla? Mm-hmm. Okay, and yeah, with, with the 800 pound gorilla and it's tough to put on weight versus a kid sort of a thing. And that's basically where we are. Okay. So, so, all right. So the next, uh, point I want to make is, uh, Americans financial preparedness and the devastation caused, okay. Financially by America to Americans as a result of this pandemic. Okay. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to read a couple of things. Uh, according to a, an NPR, National Public Radio poll, uh, 46% of households nationally have a serious, have serious financial problems. Okay, yep. that, that's, that's a pretty scary number. That's like half the people in America. That's currently right now? Yep. yep. Uh, the most recent survey? Well, let's see. I forget. Or, or a fairly the, recent survey. Yeah, right? a fairly okay. recent. Okay. Uh, and then basically, I want to read a couple paragraphs because it's pretty, pretty dramatic. Nationally, NPR poll finds very substantial proportions of households reporting that their savings have been depleted by the pandemic if they had savings to start with or that they have fallen behind on housing payments or have had problems paying debts and or utility bills. Before federal coronavirus support programs even expired, we find millions of people with very serious problems with their finances, says Robert J. Blendon, a poll director and executive director of the Harvard Opinion Research Program at the Harvard Chan School. It's going to get worse because there is nothing uh, for the people we surveyed who earn under $100,000 to fall back on. Okay, yeah. so that there's a, a whole whole bunch of folks uh, in this country that are being severely okay uh, affected by this, and yeah. God knows how long you know that's going to be. We finally have another COVID package support. I think that just passed or is about to pass very soon. I saw a Yahoo News thing about a, an aid package. We we I'm not a fan of borrowing money, but at times it makes a lot of sense, and you know yeah. hopefully that. But but that was like a, a Band-Aid long term. That just kind of keeps you going. We, it's going to be very, very difficult, I think, okay, uh, for a whole lot of those people to recover. Um, you know, th- that's number one. So hang on a second. I got a little bit more here. Yeah. And, and this is another problem uh, that a whole, you know, built into that human uh, mess, serious child care problems. Okay, are found as well. Okay, yep. uh, and basically, beyond serious financial problems, majorities of households with children uh, uh, report serious problems with caregiving. Such difficulties include finding physical activity spaces with enough distance from others, or keeping children's educations going. You can certainly identify with that, as can your sister, in terms of kids at home and whatever. Okay, yeah. but just si- serious things that you really never thought about that is impacted lives and a, a, a very poor, okay, uh, situation. And, and I don't know how you get back from that. It's just kind of a really un- unbelievable kind of a thing. Um, the, the only, uh, I think, uh, financial, uh, you know, macro economic point here is that to the extent that people can build up emergency reserves and try to protect against rainy days, if there was ever an example of a disaster and why hopefully people could try, I know that's not necessary for a whole bunch of folks maybe listening to us, but folks, you know, having an emergency reserves and maybe cutting back on some expenses if you can voluntarily to build up those things, you know, I'm not trying to be casual here, but if, if folks had a year's worth of emergency reserves to cover their expenses, we wouldn't have this devastation. But I understand not everybody can do that. That's not they're not in that financial situation. Am I okay? Am I okay with that? I wasn't too insensitive about that, right? No, no. I think you know. Yeah. I think you know. The reality is that you know that we spend a lot of time on our show and with our clients preaching about you know having an emergency fund. But you know the you know the reality is is that a lot of you know that you know maybe most households maybe 
not most, but you yeah, know, we can argue about the percentage. Yeah, somewhere yeah. around half of households probably don't have an emergency fund that is enough to get them through, you know, six months to a year of of financial difficulty, and that's sort of just the reality. And and I don't know if you know we, we probably shouldn't get into you know why that is. It's probably a, you know you know human nature and economic and all kinds of uh, complex things that we we probably couldn't we couldn't figure out even if we tried. Yeah. Um, but you know the reality is that that's that's not the place we live in and so you know now we need to when we have an emergency uh you know the government has to step in and just say hey well here's what's going to happen we can if we do nothing there's going to be massive financial devastation right i mean yeah. you know not to mention the human cost of you know people starving but you know also you know what happens with landlords when nobody can pay their rent right you know then it's just you get a chain reaction that comes from uh a, a massive you know sort of economic event like this and you know uh, we were I, I consider myself fairly fiscally responsible, um, but I do. But but then I, you know, there's certainly times when I agree that you know we need to spend some money because if we don't prop this economy up, it's uh, and prop people up, we're going to have serious serious problems and and you know dig ourselves uh, in an even bigger hole than we're in now, right? Yeah, I, you know, I I think, uh, and again, I want to be careful the way I say this that we all need to be as fiscally responsible and sensible as we can. Uh, yeah. And we could argue about the percentages, but there's some percentage of folks that just can't do that because of their circumstances, et cetera. But there's a whole bunch of other folks that maybe are living paycheck to paycheck that could if they paid attention to some things and took some time to do that. So I, I, I think the moral of the story there, uh, no accusations floating around, is that people who can or anybody should try to be as fiscally responsible as you can, because when bad times come, you know, that, you know, that that's when you need those emergency reserves. And and by the way, if, if half of our country can't do that, we're in deep, deep trouble to begin with and i don't know how you fix that you know sort of a thing given the circumstances but just that's just kind of where it is every everybody's lives have been affected uh and the the way that people live their lives going forward uh is going to be probably significantly changed in many respects there's there's all kinds of stuff that's going to evolve from this this covid mess and some of it good and a lot of it not so sort of a thing it's just kind of the way it is okay Uh, let's see. I think, uh, yeah, good. 1025. We got a couple of minutes. Okay. Um, th- there's also, uh, been a significant impact on businesses. Okay. In, in this country. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a scary, uh, a scary, scary thing that's unfolding as well. Um, <clears throat> according to the business insider, Okay, 99% of the businesses in America are small businesses. Okay, you know, less than 500 employees is a small, depending on your definition, less than 500 or less than 100, but a huge percentage of businesses in America and people who are employed in America are employed in small businesses. I haven't seen any recent numbers, but I, I, I think when I was doing the research for this, I uh, like uh, 40% of folks in America work for companies with less than 500 employees sort of a thing. So there's a whole bunch. Is yeah. where, right, there's a whole bunch of small businesses and small businesses. If you look at it, you know, the new ones that have popped up and evolved over time have been responsible for a lot of change and grown into big businesses with great ideas and great services and stuff. So, so small businesses are getting killed. That's the official uh, financial uh, discussion and to the extent to the extent that uh, x amount of them fold uh, and never recover to the extent that the ones that are in trouble take how long to you know, to recover and you know and then how many new businesses new seed small businesses are going to start up in the next year or so given the mess and that's going to cost us in terms of innovation and down down the line sort of thing so Big, yeah. big mess for small businesses. Okay, um, we, we could probably all guess. Okay, uh, the the uh, the players, but so here's here's uh, small business closures. Okay, uh, basically as of November fourth, twenty twenty. And and uh, by the way, where's that from? I've got that from. Oh, this is Northeastern. Okay, Northeastern University. Okay, yep. a, a business-related school. Okay, arts and entertainment small businesses. Sixty-three percent of them have closed. 
yeah. since 2020. Okay. Um, bars, 34% have closed since 2020. Health and beauty, 28%. Okay. Lodging, 17%. Restaurants, 25%. And retail, 17%. Those are catastrophic numbers yeah. for basically an 11 month period in 2020. Uh, and that, that, that's, that just is really pretty frightening in terms of how they, how you climb back. Those are more people on the unemployment lines. Those are more people who need, in the, it just, it's just a mess. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, I, and I, w- I would say, you know, the, 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 our economy and, you know, really all economies, in the modern world are constantly changing and businesses are, are constantly opening and closing. But, uh, you know, the, the, the rate of change at which that happens can, you know, creates kind of social issues, right? I mean, you know, when, when you're, when you grew up as a coal miner and then, uh, you know, 20 years later, everyone's, you know, screaming about how coal is terrible for the environment and they want to shut down all the coal plants that, that causes sort of social unrest. And there are all kinds of issues with that. And the speed of change makes things makes things worse. And, you know, I, I do have some concerns that this is just going to be a, an event that speeds up and already, and, you know, yep. the, the change that's already going on in the economy and it's going to get, you know, sort of even worse. And we're going to have, you know, even more social problems again, assuming yep. we don't step in and, and aren't able to, ease the transition, which is All right. good not time easy for, even in good times. Yeah, good time for break right here, my son and Cindy. Let's do it. We'll go from there. We'll be right back. Welcome back to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara alongside Michael McNamara. We're virtually Zooming for the first time here. Uh, you know, we've tried the phone uh, remotely. That was our first, but now we're, we're fully operational with Zoom. And if you're hearing this, it means that our Zoom is actually working. So uh, you're still there with us, Mike, right? I can see you. Can I still yeah, hear you? I, I even had your mom make the bed in our <laughs> office bedroom this morning, but it's just you and me and Cindy who are seeing That's each right. other. So we're good, right? Okay. We see. Cindy, seen- what do you think of those flowers in the background there? Okay. <laughs> So we should say we are remote. Cindy was uh, was forced to get out, go out in the world, and, and, and risk her own personal health to to bring this show to you. So yeah, so yeah, thanks to you, yeah. Cindy. Cindy, I someone's got to be there doing. I love doing the, the Christmas work. hat, Cindy. By the way, you look very Christmassy. Merry Thank Christmas. Already. Uh, uh, so we're, we're wrapping up 2020. Um, if you have any questions, uh, we think we can get you via Zoom. Uh, telephone number. We're live in the Merrimack Valley today. Nine seven eight four five four. Four nine eight zero again. That's nine seven eight four five four four nine eight zero. Or you can shoot us an email. Questions at McNamara on money. And again, we're doing. Well, I'll, I'll, you did send me the full title of this episode. It's Sayonara twenty twenty. Adios, Rivederci, au revoir, shalom, Kalispera, goodbye and good riddance. And All right. uh, we are, we're saying goodbye to 2020, not, uh, probably not unhappily for most people. Although, you know what, silver linings, I, I think there are a lot of people who are in my shoes who, who maybe got to spend a bunch more time with, uh, with certain parts of their family, which we, you know, we've certainly been blessed to spend virtually the entire year with our kids they don't they don't get out very much which has been which has been lovely for us although uh you know the downside is that you've you know you don't get to see family that's not closer by i don't i don't know that we've seen each other very much and and uh it's uh it's sort of been strange that way but we're trying to we're trying to hold on to the positives i guess all you can do so uh anyway so we were finishing up folks with uh the, the mess uh, that's been created for small businesses uh, uh, as a result of this. And I'm pretty sure, and it depends on how you define small business, probably 40 or 50% of Americans work for some kind of a small business. And, yeah. and, and it's they're just being devastated uh, in terms of closings and uh, struggling here. By the way, yeah. uh, this is also from uh, the NPR, not NPR, Northeastern uh, University, uh, you know, facts and figures here, but COVID-19's effect on year-over-year consumer spending, okay? In, in 2020, the consumer spending, I'm going to round this off, is down on arts and entertainment stuff, Yep. is down almost 80%. Yep. I, and I've seen, I saw some news the last couple of days about a couple of very large theater chains 
uh, applying for huge help loans or maybe thinking yeah. about bankruptcy. Think about when was it. the last time you went to the movies? Yeah, and your mom and I love the the movies, even though we're getting too old for whatever. We're not the prime audience anymore. <laughs> it's, it's one are they too those. loud? Too loud for you now? Yeah, what <laughs> I can't identify. But anyway, yeah. So so people who attend bars, I'm rounding the soft folks because it's a big chart, but forty five percent spend forty five percent less money. Okay, yeah. on bars and drinking. Okay, health and beauty. Uh, yeah, that's right. Get for beauty shops and salons and all those places. I don't even know what you call them, but anyway, health and beauty. It's down over forty percent in terms of consumer spending. Okay, yeah. lodging is down at fifty percent. We're not traveling obviously as much. Wow. Okay, restaurants are down yeah fifty two or fifty three percent. And then retail is down maybe eight or nine percent, I guess, probably because you have the online stuff and that's helping out. But, you know, yeah. so consumers are spending less newsflash businesses in those industries and areas are getting in trouble. Uh, and again, if you if you didn't hear it before the break, just to, uh, in calendar 2020, uh, small business closures, 63% of arts and entertainment small businesses have closed. 34% of bars have closed. 28% of health and beauty uh, places have closed. 17% of lodging has closed. Those are probably lots of bed and breakfast and inns, right? Small folks, yeah. the big chains, I guess. Yep. Okay. Uh, restaurants, 25%. Again, those are the local neighborhood restaurants that people frequent, not the national chains, I would guess. And right. that's, that's really a shame. Okay. Uh, and then retail right. down yeah. about, I'm sorry, go ahead. No yeah. restaurant. I mean, restaurants. You know, especially for a smaller for a small restaurant, that's a hard enough business as it is. Let alone in a in a you know an economy like this. Yeah, so, yeah. Let's yeah, go to them. Yeah, and retail's down only seventeen percent. But you know what? Those are the those are the small mom and pop down at the local mall kind of places. You know, your mom and I have always tried to support small businesses in a whole lot of different ways. And you know, the 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 flip side of this, and I don't think it's good, is that the big businesses that do this are going to get better and stronger, and then we're going to have less choices and less competition down the line as a result of that. So I, uh, if, you know, it's a serious issue here, and I don't know. I don't know how you fix that other than, you know, some businesses deserve to go out of business. You know, there's a moral here. The moral of the story is if you run a business, folks, okay, if you don't have at least a year's worth of operating cash, yeah. You're subject. You're subject to trouble, and so from a from a macroeconomic point, no accusations threatened at anybody. But if you run a business or if you run your life, if you can set aside some emergency reserves in the case of your life or some operating capital to cover you when you're down as a business, if you can do that for six months or a year then there's a chance you can survive things like this if you can do that. And and I'm sorry, but there's a bunch of small businesses and folks listening to us who can and should have done that, okay, that are paying for it now, and maybe they'll learn some lessons in the future. There's a bunch that had no control over that. I get that. So whoever yeah. you are, if, if it's helpful, please think about that. You know, from, from time to time, when we meet new folks in our business, we always ask them about if they have emergency reserves. And once in a while, People look at us it's like I have a, 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 one big eye in the middle of my forehead. What are emergency reserves and what, what do you need them for? Well, those people have never had an, an emergency, obviously, yeah. and been very fortunate in life. But if you've gone through a bad time, maybe there's a silver lining here for businesses and for, for folks. You know, try to have some rainy day money set aside for bad times. Just, just like this. Okay. Uh, yeah, just, like this. just, you know, from, from a big picture perspective, you know, obviously we've seen a ton of closure, right? I'm not, I'm not convinced that from a, you know, let's say the travel industry, right. Uh, or, or maybe restaurants and bars. I'm not convinced that when we get back to normal in this country, which, you know, hopefully is, hopefully is soon now that we have the vaccine uh, being rolled out. Now, I'm not convinced that that business in those play areas won't be better going forward, right? I mean, you know, we, we talk about a lot of sort of permanent changes as a result, or at least potentially permanent changes as a result of COVID, you know, so, you know, I, I could certainly see people doing more living for today, right? I mean, if you look at, if you yep. go try to go try to buy a vacation house right now yeah. and, and let me know how much it's going to cost you, uh, right? You know, people, people really are, 
I, I think sort of taking a look at their lives and saying, Hey, you know, life is short, you know, YOLO let's, let's live for today here. Yeah. So I could certainly see the arts and, you know, sort of, you know, dining and travel coming back at least potentially strong. But, you know, the problem is, is if the, you know, what happens to those businesses and how long does it take them to get ramped up and right. Did we lose a lot of small business and does big business come in and, and sort of and clean up all the demand when, you know, when the recovery does come, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that's, how that's all going to play out, but that's not healthy. Uh, that's not healthy. No, I, no, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. But hopefully, yeah, yeah I, I think, I think we'll recover. It's just, it may be things, the world may look different when we recover, which is, yeah. you know, potentially unfortunate, although, you know, who knows, well, maybe a lot of new folks will, will jump into booming businesses and, and we'll get, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get lots of innovation there. Yeah, and, and let, me, let me take the flip side of that for a moment. So on the other hand, okay, uh, f folks, uh, you know, we, we, we got to where we uh, are in life because of this thing called capitalism and this thing called profit motive and businesses, they, they're in business to make money. And if they can make money, they can provide services or goods or manufacture or invent. That, that's, that's how it works, folks. But, but capitalism is a very vicious business. And, and by design, there's a certain percentage of companies that should fail because they're bad companies and didn't run themselves. So if you take aside the pandemic, if you're a good little company and watch your P's and Q's and try to set aside some stuff, you'll be okay. But, but you know, it's a, there's a natural attrition of companies that go out of business. It's part of the capitalistic process. They should have gone out of business because they, they failed for a reason sort of a thing. Right. This whole COVID thing is just, it's a completely separate issue. But, you know, it's not like every company should be in business and the government should support every company because then we get kind of scary on the other side of that. So somewhere in the middle there, my son. But, uh, yep. you know, it's normal for companies to go out of business and it's natural. It's not, not pleasant, but it's a natural kind of evolution sort of a thing but when you have exterior events that uh that cause wreak havoc well that's a whole other story there as far as early, earlier you did use that you use the term deserve and you didn't yeah. mean that in a you know you didn't mean that in a necessarily negative way where those yeah. business owners deserve to go no. out of business and lose that you know lose their wealth but yeah. you know it's just the reality is is that it, you know capitalism is constant competition and yep. you know you you have to keep you know, continue to innovate or, and, and sometimes the world just changes on you. Right. I mean, yep. you know, they're probably not selling a lot, you know, you know, Kodak went out of business for a reason and it's because yep. no one's really printing pictures anymore. Right. Yep. Yep. That, that wasn't their fault necessarily. It's just the way yep. that the, the world evolved on us. Yeah. But, but also you don't want to, you know, if you run a shoddy business and are not good at doing it, you don't right. deserve to be in business. I mean, right. It's just kind of a, it's yep. called a, I think Darwin called it evolution, Justin, or something like that, but what, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, folks, uh, yeah. And, and the really, I think probably, and it just really hit me trying to do a little reading for the show that, you know, we're in an environment where you don't know how many new small businesses are going to be created in the next six months or a year or two as a result of all the devastation. You know, somebody has a small, somebody who's starting a small business, well, they took the, probably all their savings to do that, or maybe they managed to refinance their house to do that sort of a thing. And so, so we need small business creation to keep this capitalism, you know, game going. Who heard of Elon Musk and Tesla 19 years ago? We're, we're, we're nothing. That was nothing. That was a small business at some point in time. Yeah. So we, we need that small business creation. And I think we're going to be in a kind of a stifled environment here for a while. And that's not good either. That's a, that's another result you don't even think about. So, all right. So I think, all right. So well, good news is that uh, yeah. uh, I think a lot of people have a lot of, you know, there, there are some folks in this country who still have a bunch of money. So maybe there'll be some, maybe there'll be some investment that happens uh, post COVID with, uh, with people throwing around cash. I think, I think the wealthy have done okay. Yeah. Uh, depending on what business you're in. Right. I mean, I, I bet you some people have some tech, some technology profits to read deploy potentially. So, yeah, yeah. you know, we'll knock on wood and hope that, uh, hope that helps pull us out when we get out of this mess. Well, I hope the, the, the big don't get too much bigger and the small can survive. That's where the spice is in the, uh, the economy as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, moving right along here. Okay. So, so let's kind of get into uh, some more pure money kind of things. And I guess the, the, the general, uh, the general subject, and this is like, without precedent, uh, it, the, the federal reserves of the world and interest rates, I guess, is the, the general topic here. And uh, uh, have we oh covered my, this before? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And I think I, I think I've told you this. Uh, so um, the, I, I broke into this business in 1980. OK, 
Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, and 30-year United States government bonds were paying like 14%. Okay. And I can clearly remember that you couldn't give them away. You had to talk people into buying a 14% government bond because they thought they were going to 16% with inflation and stuff like that. You look back on that and laugh, but hindsight's yeah. always a really good teacher, isn't it, when you think about that stuff? Okay, so so literally uh, from 1980, and this is what I'm going to quote here, the federal funds rate, the, the federal government basically kind of sets the bar where interest rates are, and that's about as much of a detail as I want to get or into. Try, yeah, or tries to, yeah tries to. Yep. And in 1980, the federal funds rate was 19% plus. Yeah. Okay. Okay. In December of 2020, 40 years later, the federal funds rate is from zero to 0.25%. <laughs> okay. That is a staggering Okay, drop. Okay, it, was, it took 40 years to do so. So I guess staggering. When you just look at the numbers, though, it's staggering the time. But we've had falling interest rates literally for the last 40 years. Yeah. Okay, and everybody your age and, and younger, they don't ever remember interest rates, you know, going up. Right, yeah. and it ne ne never happened in your life, sort of a thing. Okay, well, so what what's happened, folks, is that interest rates were trending down anyway. Yeah. Okay. And then in two thousand seven, eight, nine, when we had the well, uh, the financial economic mess, I maybe that's the best way to describe it. Okay, one of the things the government did, and and rightfully so, was to basically uh, lower interest rates. That, that creates more money and easy, you know, business loans, et cetera. They, they purposely lowered interest rates and started to do that in 2007 more. Okay. And, and they've been doing that. Hey, Charlotte, how are you? They've been <laughs> do I see a little bit in the say, background? You can see, yeah, hopefully we can't hear. We do yeah, have okay. kids and dogs back there, but all right, yeah, all right. yeah. <laughs> not all of you can see them, but <laughs> and hopefully you won't be here. Anyway, uh, basically, so the, the federal government started actively lowering interest rates to help out a very sluggish economy. Yeah. Oh, hang on, let um, me just jump back. So uh, yeah. back in 1980, inflation at that time was, yeah. Uh, was, Let me guess, 13? Uh, I have its high yeah. in April of 1980 at 14.73. Uh, there you go. There you go. So I, I'm sorry, I cut you off there. But yeah, but I mean, that, yeah, so for good reason. The reason why that <laughs> people weren't excited about those government bonds paying all that money was because inflation was was out of control, and and uh, you know they they were they were essentially dropping in value, right? Um, yeah. As inflation went up, it, it was. By the way, it was worse having a government bond at fourteen than it is today at one and a half. But we, we, that's another that's another <laughs> that's whole right. story. Well, yeah, think yeah. about that. But anyway, move, move, the, so folks, the the big picture is rates were dropping, and in two thousand seven, eight, nine the government get on an issue to drop them further to stimulate the economy. Well, so the, the federal uh, governments or the, the federal banks of a whole bunch of other countries in the civilized world said, hey, that's what we're going to do as well. So, so literally since 2007, there has been a concerted effort by the central banks of most countries, in fact, almost all countries in the civilized world, to lower interest rates to stimulate economies to recover. Okay, that, that, so they, they've taken a trending down interest rate environment and pushed it down even further. Well, folks, we're at zero. Yeah. Okay, we, we're at zero right now. In, in fact, at, at the last time I read, which was two days ago, there are $18 trillion worth of global government bonds, none in the U.S. just yet, that have a less than zero interest rate or negative interest rates. So, folks, we've gone from down to zero to negative, okay? And this is like with a small exception in World War II for about six or eight months. This is unprecedented, okay? Okay, we have nine, $18 trillion of global government bonds where you have to pay them interest to hold your bonds, okay? That, that, that is a staggering financial event, okay? The, uh, the government of Germany, okay, all of the government bonds issued by the government of Germany, Germany ever are now negative interest rates. You, if I want to buy a government bond, I got to pay them interest 
for them to hold my bond for me, which sounds pretty stupid, but that's what's going on in the world. Justin, yeah. comments on that? Or? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you if you look back, I, I only have data on the, the the target federal funds rate lower limit going back to uh, nineteen ninety four. But yeah. you know, you know, in, in the nineties, it was it was sort of a relatively you know it was much more normal, and you can see it. It's it's four percent. It's five percent. You know, we had the recession in in 2000 right we had the tech bubble and you know they they the fed did lower rates but it gets down it gets down to like the one in the two range and then it slowly climbs back up as the economy recovered in 2000 you know three four five six and yeah it just it 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 hit zero in 2009 and it it barely started climbing uh when did it start climbing in, in like 2015 right in 2015 we you know the recovery was here and i think it was probably janet yellen and we were trying to sort of normalize interest rates a bit uh and it didn't last all of that long we got it looks like we got up to about 2.25 percent and then it's uh, it's back down to zippo now yeah. so, so, so it's certainly much lower than, than yeah. it ever has you know it's the trend now is very low and i don't you know i, I really don't see it coming anytime soon coming back up you know? yeah probably for the rest of my life uh, yeah yes yeah. <laughs> yeah so 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 here's where the world is folks they're they're down to zero and they're actually a bunch below yeah. and so first of all even with dropping the rates before covid the economy was still sluggish so it, it helped some but but at a certain point it, it didn't make the economy get any grow any faster sort of a thing so so the government's kind of ran out of bullets lowering interest rates to help to help the economy because they're at zero and yeah. you can, you know, that doesn't help anymore sort of a thing so so and it didn't work so here we are in a covid world well there's no there's no yeah you don't have a you know there's no uh counterfactual where you have you know them them having raised rates uh and, and and having a worse economy, right? So right, it, right. It, it hasn't it hasn't turned us uh, into like the you know the 1980s and 90s America. Yeah, it hasn't got it back to whatever we thought <laughs> yeah. was normal. And maybe yeah. this is, I, I get that. Yeah. But my point is that they you know that that was a bullet that and the gun that the Federal Reserve had to kind of help stimulate things from time to time. Well, that yeah. bullet's gone. There, they're out of bullets with regard to that. So, in June of this year, the Federal Reserve, our, our federal government basically said, what else can we do? Okay, and the Federal Reserve in this year, in June of 2020, in, in an effect to stimulate the economy, started buying corporate and municipal bonds out in the markets. Okay, so think about it. If you're a business and you're struggling, like um, a, a large theater chain, you need to issue bonds, okay, to raise money to survive. In fact, uh, I forget the name of the theater chain. That was a $750 million bond they issued a, a couple of months ago because they needed the money just to survive to get out the other side. Well, who's going to buy, you know, who's going to buy the bonds? What was that interest rate? Yeah. 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 What was that interest rate? Not much. Yeah. So the government yeah. says, whoops, we better start buying some of these bonds to create that capital. So some of these companies can survive, or hopefully a lot of them. So, so the government is buying $80 billion of corporate and government and, and I think municipal bonds a month. And they started doing that in June. Okay. Yeah. And that again is a, another bullet in their gun to try to prop up the economy. Well, in my lifetime, that's never happened before. By the way, when they, when they do that yeah. folks, they're printing money. Let's, let's be real clear about that. Okay. Sort of a thing. But so in order sub, to support the economy, which is why the stock markets are going crazy by the way this year, because they think that's a great thing. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll just buy, you know, if this keeps up the government will own the entire bond market, Justin, that's, a, that's, a, if it gets to that point, that's really scary given yeah. the circumstances and could change a whole lot of dynamics. So, so I, I don't know how long they're going to keep that up. Okay. But I, I understand where they're coming from. You know, they're trying to find ways to try to help us recover and, and, and do stuff like that. But, you know, long-term down the line, what does that mean? You know, what are the consequences? How, you know, where, where, where does that go from there sort of a thing? And, and it's just like unknown. I mean, it's, it's, it's just like kind of a big unknown. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we should be clear. Yeah. You know, we should be clear that, 
you know, we're, we're pretty good at uh, politician bashing on this show. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the federal I said they had to do it. I, I yeah, said has, they had, has yeah. limited, yeah. has limited uh, tools with which to try to stimulate an economy. And, you know, they, they can't pass a bill that's, you know, like a, they can't pass a, a new deal like bill that puts people to work and, and stimulates an economy that way by, you know, sort of by putting people to work and getting, getting money into the system. All they can do is, you know, create money and on paper and buy and buy bonds and keep interest rates low and then hope that, uh, hope that the private sector, you know, invests and creates those jobs. So yep. ideally, I think in, in the past, we've had, we had more, uh, we had more help from politicians with regards to trying to, you know, use some of their tools to prop up the economy, but it's, it's yeah. not, uh, they can't agree on anything these days. Yeah, yeah. I know. Right. Yeah. They, they can't agree on anything. You know, yeah. they, I, I'm conceptually, I'm perfectly fine with the government stepping in once in a while and helping out with the economy under disaster circumstances. But yeah. if, if we get dependent on that, okay, and start expecting it, that's just not good. That's just not good for capitalism in general, okay? Because it's easy to get complacent and run a shoddy company and survive. And yeah. you know, there are lots of countries that have, go Russia is very famous for having a lot of ghost companies that were supported by the state for a long time sure. and that, you know, just nothing. So anyway, so folks, that we're in historic times. And I think that the only, the only investor takeaway, I think, from this is that interest rates, I'm pretty sure, I'm going to guess are going to be pretty low for a really, really long time. Really, really low for a really, really long time. Yeah. That's my official technical uh, comments on the subject. I mean, you know, we, we have this huge uh, national debt. I think it's up to like $22 trillion. And, and, you know, I asked myself, is it in the government's interest to raise interest rates and increase the the interest we have to pay on on that twenty two trillion dollars? Probably not. So so for a variety of reasons, okay, I'm um, I'm guessing that interest rates are going to stay very low for a very long time, and that certainly has implications on a whole lot of investment uh, processes. Justin, you want to comment on that? Or? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we, we in, in, you know, the, la the last email we got to McNamara on money was just about that and, and about the issues that, in, you know, lower interest rates, I think, you know, generally speaking, good for the economy, generally speaking, bad for retirees, right? And, yep. and, and, and savers, yeah. You know, we've touched, we've touched on this, right? If, you know, if you're me and you're 40, I guess I'm 41 years old now. So if, if you're 41 moment. years old yeah. and uh, you're saving in your, in your 401k, well, well, you know, interest rates are lower, but that it doesn't affect me all that much because yeah, I have- Yeah, you shouldn't be owning any stock. Yeah, <laughs> at 41, you shouldn't be owning any bonds, Justin. Well, you know? well uh, <laughs> or at least not mostly, at least not at too, too, too many bonds. Yeah. Um, um, but for folks who are, you know, if, if, you know, and we have the risk return discussion all the time and we, we know people who have been able to save enough money or at least uh, who, who've saved enough money to where they didn't need to take a whole lot of risk in their retirement portfolio, right? So they, you know, they may have just been doing a bond ladder, right? I don't want to see my, my money go up and down. So I'm going to, you know, I have a, I have a big nest egg and I'm going to go invest it in bonds and I'm not going to worry about those, that, those wild and woolly stock markets, right? Uh, that's, that's just harder and harder to do now because, lower interest rates. If I want to go out and buy a government bond, you know, I'm at three quarters of a, of a percent. And it's just, it's just difficult for folks to, you know, it's, it's just such a new world. And, you know, you have to have hard discussion, you know, hard discussions with people. And you can say, hey, you can, you can take that low return, or you can add some risk to your portfolio and probably earn more in stocks. But hey, there's, you know, there's a downside to that, which, you know, not everyone is okay with, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll get to some more of the specifics about stock and bond investments a little further on this show, or yeah. maybe next week the way things are going. Whatever, but yeah. the, the, the the well, I hope we're not on next week, are we? <laughs> uh, the, the, yeah, me too. The, yeah. the point is that okay, for a variety of reasons, folks, interest rates are extremely low. Okay, and it's pretty likely that they're not going much higher, okay, for quite a long time, just given the whole nature of the planet. It's not just the, the U.S. is under those circumstances. Uh, you know, and, 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 and the fact that we have negative interest rates is actually kind of scary because that's like unknown territory, you know, yeah. in terms of the magnitude that we have, you know, and I guess, I guess my last, again, if you're a stock or bond investor, hang on, we're going to get to some specifics here a little further down the line. We're just kind of setting the stage here, but, but, and again, I'm, I'm rounding off here folks, but, uh, but I can, cause I look at numbers every day in terms of returns, but uh, I, I think the United States 
bond market, if you will, is up about 7% this year. Okay. Cindy's going to play us out in a minute. It's 11 o'clock. Oh, oh, okay. We'll finish and, that on the other side. All right. Let's do it then. We'll take a break. And thank you, Cindy. Just wave your hand at us. We'll take a break. We promise. Okay. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> 